on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, doesn't know, headshot, case closed What is up guys, it's Andy Frisella And this is the show for the realists Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness and delusions Of modern society And welcome to motherfucking reality Guys, today Well, you are ready You saw the link, you clicked on it Today, we have Andy and DJ and Mike Glover cruise the motherfucking internet. That's right. We got Mike Glover. It is our first official certified domestic <laughs> terrorist on the podcast. And I think we might get on the list with you because of it. I <laughs> can't made it. wait. You made it. Yeah. So what's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's bro. An honor. Thanks for making the trip in. Uh, for those of you that don't know Mike Glover, Mike Glover is an amazing dude. Uh, he runs Fieldcraft Survival out in Utah. Um, podcaster, uh, operator, uh, all around patriotic, badass motherfucker, uh, doing a lot of different things and um, served this country for a long time in a lot of different ways and has uh, found himself in the interesting predicament of now being a threat to the United States of America from the inside, yeah. according to uh, morons. Um, I'll say this, he doesn't really look like what I would think an extremist looks like, according to their definition. What, what do you mean? What, what do you mean, they people? Yeah. yeah. Well, what you, do you mean all those, those people? Those people, you fucking that sound, know. Whatever, yeah, like, what do you I mean? was expecting, like, you that know. Sounds that, sounds, that sounds almost racist. White, white hood, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, what is a, what does a domestic <laughs> extremist look like? That's what I'm saying. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> so you're... <laughs> Sorry, my, my, my wife's out showing a little bit. Put that back there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, dude, um, let's start. Like, like, tell the people a little bit about uh, your background, how you got into service and what you've done so far and what you're doing now, and then we'll just get into to ripping apart these fucking idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, man. It's, um, it's an honor. We've talked about it this for a bit. And uh, yeah, you know, I grew up in a military family, like a lot of military dudes. Uh, went in the infantry, did four years in the infantry. Before the GWAT kicked off, before 9-11, there was nothing going on. Mm -hmm. um, had a little break in service, and then 9-11 happened, and it just changed the course of my career forever. I went to special operations selection right after 9-11 in 2002. And then spent the rest of my career till 2016 uh, as a U.S. Army Green Beret, which is U.S. Army Special Forces. Um, Green Berets do foreign internal defense. They train people. They do the by, with, and through uh, methodology of operating. So we train, partner with host nation forces, and then go kick in doors with those guys. We also do direct action, special reconnaissance, all the mission sets. But I did, uh, I had a good run. I mean, I, I spent an entire career in special operations, deployed nine times to war, uh, got a lot of exciting adventures out of that, uh, lost a lot of good friends, um, but also kicked a lot of ass and had a lot of fun. I mean, that was my entire objective. I mean, I wasn't a victim. I, I wasn't paying off college. I did it because I volunteered and I wanted to serve and I wanted to fight. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, 2016 timeframe, I'm in a reserve capacity as a special operations sergeant major. Uh, which is the highest enlisted rank uh, where you're running a company of Green Berets. And I'm also contracting part-time for the Central Intelligence Agency as a global response staff officer. I got off active duty because of Libya. And we could talk about all the specifics mm -hmm. about that later, but I, I basically whistled blue. Didn't even know what that term was until I did it. You mean you did the right thing? Because I did the right thing. That's I right. felt like I did the right thing because um, a lot of losers in politics and positions of power that it could affect change, especially going after bad people who did bad things to good people, did nothing. And so I stepped away and said, I'm done with this. I thought I was chasing the rainbow and I would find the light at the end of the, end of the tunnel with the Central Intelligence Agency. And it was better. It's actually better. It was a good job. I had a great run with the Global Response Staff uh, Office, which is if you saw the a movie 13 Hours in Benghazi, worked with those dudes, those dudes from Benghazi recruited me for that job, which I'm very thankful for, and had a rad time. It was amazing. But about five rotations into that, um, whether it was specific events going on in specific countries, I was fucking done. I was burned out. And so I decided, like many who 
a desire to work for themselves. I went down the entrepreneur path and started my company, Philcraft Survival, in 2015, 16 timeframe, and then uh, have been hitting the ground running ever since. That's awesome, man. How you like it out there in Utah? It's fucking badass, man. I love yeah. it. I love it. I was looking at a spot uh, <clears throat> right up the street from your house, actually. Yeah. There was a house for sale, like literally right up the street. Like when I zoomed in on the map, it showed Fieldcraft Survival right there. Badass. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what you guys do at Fieldcraft. So the mission set came from a curiosity of me wondering why special operators go out intentionally into worst case scenarios and come out on top. A lot of people misperceive special operators' jobs as being the most dangerous jobs in the world. Being a cook in the 82nd Airborne Division on a convoy run on a 50 cal is the most dangerous job in the world because that's not your job, but you're tasked and you're tasked at war and that's dangerous. Having the assets to bear, the culture, the community, the culture around special operations, growing up and living in that is not very dangerous because you expect that you're going to be put in worst case scenarios. But I always found it curious, especially transitioning from a military active role and even CIA role into civilian world where I thought civilian world sucks really bad. Being a civilian is really shitty, right? If you don't have the right community, the right family unit, the right church, the right group and organization, um, you're flapping. And a lot of people are doing that. And so I said, well, why does this culture not exist in civilian life? And could I provide that service in some way um, in a business? So we, the business plan was to prepare citizens for the worst case scenario. That was our objective. And that meant developing a culture behind it because it's not just like the EDC pistol you can seal in your waistband, the tourniquet you carry in your med bag, uh, the high-speed 150,000R rig you got. It's about a mindset. It's about the culture. It's about the lifestyle. And so that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, That was a, a pipe dream day one, but you know, seven years later, I think we're starting to break ground and, and developing that lifestyle for people. Well, I mean, dude, you have an awesome reputation. Uh, apparently, it's so good that it landed you on the uh, domestic terrorist <laughs> list. Let's talk about how you got on the domestic terrorist list after serving the country for literally a few decades, uh, giving your entire life to this, um, watching all your friends get killed. Not all your friends, but a, a number lot, of your yeah. friends. Yeah. Um and then finding out that a whole bunch of the shit that, that we were doing was actually just political bullshit that we're doing. So yeah. how, how, how did that happen? Because like, dude, you're an American fucking hero, bro. So how, explain to the listeners how, how this all came about. Yeah, so it, it actually started under the Trump administration when we had, and we were just talking about this prior to the podcast, about riots that were peaceful protests that started de-evolving into more, right? Whatever the cause of that is, which I think is explicit actors who exploit opportunity, right? That's what, that's what villains do. That's what criminals yeah. do. Mm -hmm. They don't look for disadvantage. They look for advantage. So they look for opportunities. They exploit it. They burn down our cities. I mean, Atlanta, Georgia was a great example because my whole family's from Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia, 50% of the businesses uh, are African-American owned. BLM protested, yet half of the businesses burned to the ground were African-American businesses. So you had all this contesting political, social issues that were going on in the, in the country. But where I started paying uh, very distinct attention was in Seattle when law enforcement officers that I knew were told not to respond to law-abiding citizens because the situation was too political, mm -hmm. which is very familiar because I was intimately involved with that in Benghazi, Libya, when I was targeting Abu Ghattala and all the shitheads responsible for killing Ambassador Stevens, an analyst, and two GRS um, members. Um, killed. So when I heard that term, when I heard that phrase, I was like, whoa, this is the first time in my lifetime of 40 plus years that American law-abiding citizens who outsource their safety and security mm -hmm. are being told, we're not coming. And that's scary because mm -hmm. we have a, a moral obligation. We pay taxes. Yeah. We have an understanding socially that we're outsourcing healthcare, education, and security to first responders because there's buy-in, except what happens when politicians interrupt or disrupt that connection and say, fuck it, we're not coming. We're not showing up. And so I started a group called American Contingency. Look, I, I feel as somebody who selflessly served, not virtue signaling on social media, behind the curtain, 
I didn't have my first post until 2015, my first account until 2015. I went, I need to do something about this. I feel obligated because I have information in my head, experience, education, resources. We need a community asset. We need people to be able to go to a forum, lean on other people in their community and say, hey, John, uh, bring your family over. I got guns. I got food. I got water. We could hunker down here and protect and support each other. Hey, Mary, let's go to, the, go to church. Let's go to the playground, meet up, and let's talk about contingencies if something bad happens, natural or man-made. I started it for man-made disasters, but it evolved into natural catastrophe as well. We just, we, we just helped victims of the uh, flood in Kentucky. So American Contingency, which is a dot-com, we had to pull our resources to get a server up and running, 100,000 people right out the gate. The articles start dropping. The first one was a, a leftist article that was written about me calling me a militant extremist. Actually, call me a white supremacist, which is funny. Hey, welcome. Oh, yeah. Your first ready? time? It's yeah. funny. <laughs> DJ yeah. is too. Yeah. I mark Asian American on everything because I want the benefit. You're right, right. I'm trying to get that minority hookup, but I got black, Puerto Rican, Mexican, white, every single race in my family um, grew up with two black cousins who are first cousins of mine, and I'm a white supremacist, mm. according to this, uh, this ideology. Yeah. He, him too. Yeah, he yeah, looked yeah, at that, yeah. that, that head yeah, shave, man. He obviously, be, obviously. <laughs> listen, bro. Obviously, I am. I mean, let's be real. Hey, listen, I, I can host some pretty good s'mores parties. All right? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. So, so immediately, this article gets republished by USA Today, and when USA Today publishes it, I assume this is when it happened. This is 2020. When this happens, all of a sudden, all my accounts get shut down deleted. My mom, who has a beauty salon, Miwa's Beauty Salon and Spa in Fayetteville, North Carolina, has done this for 30 years as an immigrant who migrated here to start a business and start a better life for herself and her sisters, has owned this business for 30 plus years, cutting people's hair, running a spa. Her entire Facebook account gets deleted because she restoried in a Facebook post a link to American Contingency. She's like, this is my son. This is it's his group. Wild. I'm proud of him. Everybody who touched American Contingency got suppressed and or deleted. I found out later that through this leak that potentially what happened was the FBI, when they wrote uh, the basically initial verbiage that Mike is a militant, violent extremist, rallying people. And it said he's mostly online-based has a low history of violence, the organization does, which according to me, because I actually started it, it's zero. I don't know if that's now low, <laughs> but, it's, but it's zero. Low history of violence and then categorized as an MVE, a militant or militia violent extremist organization. That changed everything for my business. And for if people who have tracked me, and, and, and we've been tracking each other for a couple of years now, I have been dodging uh, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube jail for the last two years Me too. because of suppression, yeah. constant mm -hmm. suppression. And for the first time after Project Veritas leaked this information and I found out all the intricate details, I realized there's collusion between the federal government and social media and going after people deliberately because they assume they're bad guys. Yeah. So now I'm labeled. What people don't understand about um, the severity of this, people are like, oh, no. A name's a name. And the federal government, just like in special operations, when you designate somebody in a category, that comes with authorities. Mm -hmm. Designation means authorities. Those authorities come with funds, lines of effort, task organization, and the ability to do surveillance, overwatch. It basically means you have zero fucking rights. You have none. Yes. You have zero. The, the, problem, the problem is, though, like people- And by the way, zero rights- with zero trial, exactly. zero, zero proof. No due process. This is, and no. you listen, and this is why you guys, you guys don't understand when I say we do not live in a free country. We are sold the idea of freedom so that we'll not, we won't revolt or whatever it is they're afraid of. Yeah. And by the way, um, we all know, you guys on this show understand that whatever they say, just like in the book, uh, Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky, whatever they say and whoever they designate uh, as dangerous is the people that they're most afraid of. And what Mike's doing here, just for layman's terms, 
is he's creating a network that is basically uh, cells or groups. They're going to call it terrorist cells. <laughs> but basically what it is, is it's groups and communities that look after each other if the government tries to come fuck you up. Or if the Chinese military decides to invade. Or if there's the a fucking power, flood. <laughs> dude, or like there's flood in Kentucky. Yeah. Or there's a tornado in Joplin. Or there's a, you know, a massive power outage for a month. The, this group, this is the group that you guys should probably look at mm-hmm. because they're looking at it and they're saying, hey, this, these guys could fuck us up. Exactly. Maybe you should think about joining it. There's, there's the saying. resistance. Yeah. Just that, that, and that's the problem. Like, I think here, here's the issue that I think most people on the left tend to have with this, right? They say, okay, well, you know, what if we have real enemies? Like, shouldn't we have those capabilities? Yes, of course. It sounds great in theory, but the problem is, is that when you have a person that can designate anybody that they disagree with as political or fucking anything and designate you as that, your life, I mean, it, it makes it extremely difficult. Like, that's the problem. It's like, where are the boundaries? How do you stop that? Because if all I have to say is, hey, I don't like Mike Glover, and uh, he's saying some interesting shit that could be potentially like, issue. That's the authority. Boom, that's the authority is. they're abusing. Yeah. They're doing that. We don't like, listen, man. That's all it is. It's absurd. Yeah. And it's honestly, in my opinion, it's fucking treasonous. But, you know, that might get me on the list. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Fuck, uh, what, what, yeah. what should I say? I want to get on there. Hey, just say it. It's treasonous. It's treasonous. There you go. You're on too, bro. Fucking seditious. <laughs> well, we got to work our way up there. <laughs> got to work our way up now. Bro, it's a fucking joke. Yeah, like, is. bro, fuck these people. That's that's yeah. where I'm at. Like, dude, listen, you're going to have to kill me. That's just what it comes down to. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. Like, bro, I look at that flag and I think how much I love that flag. I think how much I love what it stands for, what it's supposed to stand for. And I think about how we, our age group, are now in charge of making sure that it continues to stand for that. And then I think about how much I hate the motherfuckers running it. Like, I cannot, these are not people of the people. Who's supposed to be representing it? Not at all. And like, when you're taking uh, American patriots who have sacrificed a major part of of their lives to go out and do the dirty work of what these people want done, and then you're going to now, now all of a sudden they're your enemy because you decide you want to start pillaging and and stealing from us here, Mm -hmm. bro, it ain't going to happen. No. But but what kind of of bullshit have, have you had to deal with because of this? Well, you know, the biggest issue was when Project Veritas leaked that um, an original document. One, it demonstrated that there is these kind of corrupt issues within the FBI, but also government. And if it wasn't for one special agent who actually countered the initial observation, then I don't know where I'd be right now. Mm-hmm. In the original document, there was a, an analyst and what he did was he did an open, uh, open source check. And he basically went, and this is any analyst could do this. He went, what are the specific threats? And this is all where the bias comes in, right? Because it could be a guy who's like, I'm going to go after right wing everything. So then he starts, hits the Google machine, hits the Instagram, and he looks at what's popular. Hey, what's on the Explore page and, and hitting the top? And if you're more popular, you're more of a threat, right? Because mm-hmm. you have more, more influence. Voice. Yeah, yeah, more influence. Uh, which is the big, the most dangerous thing to the government. So they come back and they say, this guy is rallying people and he has his description. An FBI agent I assume I worked with, because when I was in special operations, I worked with uh, HRT. I actually almost got a job in HRT, got recruited through the tactical recruiting program. What's HRT? HRT is the hostage rescue team. Mm-hmm. They're the equivalent of... Um, tier one units and special operations, but for CONUS, for continental yeah, for, U.S. For yeah. domestic issues. Um, and I was like, oh man, my skill sets are perfect for this job. It might be a good role for me in transition. And then I, I decided not to do it. I decided to start my business. So this blurb says, this guy is a patriot of this country. All of his social media all of his Instagram, all of his YouTube demonstrates that everything you're saying is not true. Mm-hmm. And he's an actual patriot rallying people to be um, behind community assets and support during catastrophes. So basically delete everything. And if it wasn't for that one guy, I wonder myself, what would happen? Well, here's, I know what would happen because I know JTTF, the Joint uh, uh, Terrorism Task Force mm-hmm. and how it operates domestically in the US. One, they would have got uh, a surveillance 
and Overwatch or surveillance and, uh, and, and some type of tasking to look and dig into me. They already did it, actually. They actually uh, ad admitted that they dug into my VA records, saw that I was 100% service-connected and disabled, saw my disability rating, saw my combat history, and went through my records, which is like, one, it's like, what? Like, why is the FBI digging into my shit without due process? Mm -hmm. How come I was never notified that this was, that this was a, uh, the case? So I could step up and go, what the fuck is going on, guys? Right. Let me counter this and debate this and put you on blast. Because technically, you work for me. Mm -hmm. And so when, when that All happened, of them do. dude, if, I, if that FBI agent didn't do what he did, I would likely be in handcuffs. I would likely, at a minimum, And not served. only that, Mike, you would be in handcuffs. Nobody would know that you were even in fucking handcuffs. Nobody would know. It's like these dudes at J6 have been sitting in solitary confinement for two and a half fucking years with no fucking trial, yeah. no jury, no representation, no not able to make a case. They don't even show the video footage of these dudes walking in between the ropes. Like, come on, dude. Like, <clears throat> the, the, the craziest thing, man, and it just clicks me when you were talking about this, Mike, is like, you know, when they go to these, to these Instagram pages and they see these, you know, fathers, business owners, people that are fucking posting the flag every single day, you know what I'm saying? And they have the nerve to say that these people don't like this country or like, or domestic extremists. Like, no, no we're we the only ones that like this country. country, dude. Like, that's the whole, the whole thing is, look, man. You know what mm, I'm saying? It's like, like, I do. I do. Well, you know, it scares me the most is, People don't realize that social media, outside of the algorithm driving emotional and reckless behavior, because mm -hmm. it, 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 it favors that, right? Well, it's because triggering it's dopamine attention. responses and everything. Yeah, there's a whole, I yeah. mean, I love how this documentary comes out, The Social Dilemma, yeah. and it's popular for a minute, but then everybody's like, well, I'm back, nope, I'm back, on back it. into it. Bro, right? what about the fucking Snowden doc? Have you yeah. seen this documentary? Dude, dude, yeah. Yeah. I tell people, like, I, tell, I just made a post about this, like, two, uh, yep, yesterday or the day before about us living in a, in a perpetual surveillance state. Mm -hmm. like Oh, yeah, with the, with the shit when you take a picture on Instagram and they can use uh, yeah, open source that, intel. That new technology that dude posted on Twitter where they can, they can look at your picture now, whatever you post on Instagram in your static post, and then hack the security camera footage of wherever that photo was and show you taking the photo. So this dude uh, using using this, open source intel. About yeah, this wow. no, this normal guy went on Twitter and posted it. It's mm -hmm. been going mega viral, basically showing that like they can fucking track you down off the metadata of your fucking post that you post on Instagram to where you were, what you were doing, who was around who you, you were with, yeah. what other people were around you, and they could show it. This guy, a private citizen, made the software where he he did this, and like, dude. People still think that like this is conspiracy shit. Like, dude, when you fucking jerk off to porn, okay, Somebody's and you're looking at yeah. your internet, and that yeah. camera's looking at you, they got that shit. Exactly. Like, dude, they are looking POV, at- POV, baby. Oh, yes. <laughs> they are looking at everything. They yeah. are listening to your conversation. They're listening to us right now through our fucking cell phones, probably live. Like, this is exactly what they do. Oh, my lovers just went to St. Louis. Here right. we go. That's right. And dude, you- that's not freedom. No, it's not. That's man. not freedom. Not. Like shit, once man. you come to terms, this was a very uncomfortable thing for me to come to terms with. Yeah. Um, because I always lived under the assumption, like most of us live, that they have to designate or there has to be a reason or, you know, like I was one of the people like back in uh, when 9-11 happened, Patriot Act, fuck yeah, right? But the Patriot Act was really no different than the Inflation Reduction Act in that they named it something that sounded really good that they can now use and they could use then on our own citizenry if we fuck it, if they felt that it was connected to something that was going on over there. Yeah. So let's say you had a relative who lives in the Middle East and maybe you sent them 500 bucks a month or some shit. They now can tie you into their Patriot Act and observe everything you do for fucking unlimited amount of time. That's why I think they actually named it the right thing because they're using it on fucking Patriots. No, 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 bro, bro. <laughs> this is, this is the, this is the, this is the playbook they've been yeah. using. It's, it's in that book I keep mentioning, Rules for Radicals. Yeah. Like it, they, they call it exactly opposite of what it is so that people will go along with it. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and if you see the headlines, you know, where, where they're calling um, you know, freedom-loving Americans, like people that pay their taxes, people that believe in the Constitution, people that believe in the flag, people that believe that people should be free, um, 
domestic extremists and shit. Like, dude, the, these are the people that they're afraid of. And mm-hmm. that's why they're designating them that because they realize that those are the people, an armed population of those type of people are the people that will stop them from doing what it is they want to do. Right. And, and how this plays out in historical terms is very scary if you know history. Because once they get enough people, and it doesn't take much, but once they get enough law enforcement and military to go along with their politicized ideas, bro, the next thing that happens is a fucking either a civil war or a genocide. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. And that's where we are. And like, dude, you out there, you guys out there have a choice. You could either be on the side of the fucking tyrannical government that doesn't represent anything. That's that's going to get you eventually as well. Oh yeah, they're they, listen. They're that's gonna what take everything get. from yeah. you. Yeah, like they're that's what you don't understand. There is no being on their side and being because safe. If you're <laughs> on their side, the only thing they're offering you is being alive. Everything else will be total suffering, total suffering for you, total fucking opulence and luxury for them. That's it. It's no different than what you read about in the in school uh, about you know fucking royalty and 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 serfs. You know, right. like we're, we're the slaves. Like you guys have failed to understand that. You don't understand. We are the motherfucking slaves to them. That's what we are. And so there is no being on the side of a tyrannical government because what happens is when, once they identify who the enemy is, they go to work at trying to eliminate the enemy and they do things like what Mike's talking about, where they put people in jail without any mm-hmm. sort of trial. That's a start. This of it, happens right? here in this country, dude. Yeah. We, we have it. We have so many problems that are. To, to fix, to make this an actual free country, it's, it's insane. And because most of you live your life in relative peace and quiet and comfort, you're not thinking that it affects you in any way yet. But that's the mistake, and that's intentional. They want you to feel comfortable. They want you to watch the fucking ball game. They want you to say, oh, just like Biden said on TV two days ago, oh, you act like inflation just came out of nowhere it did come out of nowhere, motherfucker. Two and a half years ago, we had the best economy we've ever fucking had in the history of this country. And you ruined it intentionally. Yeah, in, in a couple of months. Yep, dude. It's intentional. And we have this problem here in this country where, because we have such good people, right? We have such good-hearted, giving, real people that trust. And, and here's the problem with being that kind of person. When you're a genuinely good person, which I believe that, of America really is, okay? Maybe even more. Maybe it's 90%. Mm -hmm. We're always those kind of people. Take care of the sick. Help the poor. Bring people up. Do good in the community. Most people I know in real life are like, yeah, dude, that's good shit. Like, no matter what their political ideology is. And now we're in a situation where all of those people are in danger of losing everything because you're not understanding that there is evil. There is e- absolute 100% evil that has no empathy or sympathy or, or, or care value, for your well-being. Yeah. And, and now they're running the motherfucking show. They're running our government. They're running our media. This is really, this is really happening. And you guys think, oh, that, Andy's just, bro, he's just a little out there, you know? Like, I hear you motherfuckers. Like, you say, like, you DM me and shit and say, oh, we may not agree, motherfucker. I, I don't care if you agree. I'm right and you're fucking wrong. I have, I have the fucking, I have the fucking, uh, the, the stack of results here to show that I'm a pretty intelligent fucking human and I'm telling you what's happening and you guys are acting like, well, fuck, let's go to the fucking baseball game. It ain't fucking affecting me, bro. Your kids are going to be fucking slaves. If you don't wake the fuck up, this has to be dealt with and it has to be dealt with, in my opinion, through peaceful noncompliance. We don't have to go to war. We don't have to shoot people. We don't have to kill people. In fact, in my opinion, I believe that's what they're trying to incite. I think they're trying to incite some sort of violence or skirmish on the ground so they can roll in, crush it, and then move in and take all the fucking weapons and then do whatever the fuck they want. That's my assessment of what I think is happening because I think it's going to get more and more uh, aggressive as we get into election time. And if, 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 uh, Reasonable Americans aren't elected into office to fight these people. They're doing these things that are not part of the World Economic Forum and this big conspiracy that's going on across the globe to, to globalize our government, which is what I believe is happening. Um, I, don't, I don't know what your take is, but I believe that we're, we're literally in the midst of the biggest crimes against humanity that's ever been perpetrated across the globe. Collectively. Ever. Yes, yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think uh, 
you know, if you guys don't wake up to what, what, what we're living in, you know, this idea of, of that we live in this free country is, is really kind of absurd. If you really step back and think about it, we're not free, bro. Try not paying your taxes. See what happens to you. That's a fucking, that's a fucking, that's a fucking ransom that you pay to keep your ass out of jail. That's not free country, dude. That's not a free country. You know, say the wrong thing on fucking Instagram to see what happens. Well, didn't they just have a judgment on that today? Yeah, they did. That's actually some of our topics. We oh, got some of, uh, you giving away the show? Yeah. Well, I mean, I actually knew that. I just yeah, well, you did know that. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. But bro, um, I'm sorry you're dealing with all this shit. You know. Uh, so I mean, what's what's the water like now? Like, is it? Well, it's crazy, man. Because I I have you know I have a History Channel show yeah. um, that's coming out. I have a uh, I'm under a publishing contract with Penguin Random House writing a book on preparedness. Mm -hmm. And so all these things are of being affected by all of this information that's coming out that's real. So people are like, well, Project Veritas shouldn't do that. Well, I'm glad they did that because they I didn't. want transparency. Yeah. Yeah. I also am, am, am now looking behind the curtain going, what the fuck really is happening? And then I'm finding legal um, potential litigation against the FBI as potentially one of my only options because yeah. what do you do when you're being labeled something that you're not and it's affecting everything that you do from here on out not just my life but my employees lives the lives of the future of my security that i feel like i earned like a lot of people feel like they earn whatever their position is in life it took me 20 years to wrap my head around that and finally go yeah i've earned this shit you have and earned it yeah i feel Absolutely like i've earned it after 20 it. years yeah. but that took me 20 years but to get to a point where I'm now an entrepreneur and to see my own government going after me, look, I'm, it's not surprising and, and their tactics are weak, but when I look at it, just like Andy uh, just reflected, it's scary for the future because I'm scared at what the potential uh, de-evolution of this country looks like mm -hmm. in two, three years, even a year from now. I mean, yeah. look how far yeah. we've made it down a rabbit hole in one year. Right. I mean, look at what we've destroyed, our economy, uh, Every aspect of the fabric of our society that holds us together is being disrupted and pu pulling apart. So yeah. that that scares me, especially somebody who specializes in like looking at this shit. Yeah, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like you're seeing it. Um, I might not have all the experience. I'm seeing it. You know, plenty of other really successful, smart people are telling people, but like, dude, people are just sitting there. Like what? When do you? Like, what's your take on what it's going to take for people to realize, like, holy fuck, man, like, we're in deep shit. Yeah, it, it, I think the, the initial, which, which is part of the culture, which is counterculture, which is what you're doing, I'm doing, and a lot of people who are feeling this feeling, seeing these things, the symptomatic things that are happening, going, oh, I'm seeing the symptoms of a cancer, and it's deeply seated. You see it from a 30,000-foot perspective. I, I see it from about a 20,000-foot perspective because of our roles in entrepreneurship. We understand how money moves. We understand how power and money moves money to make people powerful. And when you, when you business that's business and small business, like I'm just doing enough to get by, paying the bills, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hedge funds, venture capitalism. I'm talking about billionaires and millionaires moving money to make the world go round. In coordination. In coordination. Yeah. When you start to peek behind that curtain, it starts to get a little bit more real. And then the stakes are higher because then you go, I'm seeing and feeling these things that are attributes and characteristics of things that don't feel like freedom. And then you, you say it out loud, but then you just, you, you spotlight yourself. So it's a double-edged sword for us, right? Because we're saying it, Nobody's going to believe it until the shit falls apart. Three years ago, before I was labeled a domestic terrorist, I was labeled a radical because I was telling people, have a plan to displace from a bad situation to a good situation. And people were like, well, that's some radical shit. Why would you want people to be paranoid? I'm like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? This paranoia? What, what are we talking about here? Well, you're trying to make all these preppers and preppers are paranoid. And then I'm like, what the fuck? Are what? If you're prepared, yeah. just like a special operator is prepared to go to war, just like a CEO is prepared to go to war in business, you're ready. You're not paranoid. You're not in fear. You're confident. So I was confused at this whole culture around taking something like 
gaining information to make yourself more uh, viable, more reliable in your own world is the counterculture to that is you must be paranoid. You must be scared. And then I realized our whole entire society is fucked. Oh, yeah. Because we have a whole entire subculture of people who think because you carry a pistol in your waistband, because you have a fire plant in your home, because you homeschool your kids in your house, you're fucking crazy. To me, having an umbilical cord tethered to an institution and depending on everybody else but myself is fucking crazy. Yeah. And, and the world operates very independent and self-reliant. We're one of the most spoiled countries on the planet Earth, which we're detaching ourselves from reality. And now it's getting fucking worse. Yeah, bro, you, you said it. I was going to... I, I was thinking it when you said it, but you said it there at the end. Like people that are detached from reality. Dude, people have had it so good for so long here and they are so sheltered by like their own, like you watch these videos of these dudes going around um, asking people basic questions. How many states there are? 57, you know, like just shit like that. You know, uh, these people have no perspective and they're weaponizing these useful idiots uh, who are intentionally uh, undereducated, uh, over over indoctrinated, um, over pacified. Uh, you know, and this to me, you know, I'm I'm 43. How old are you? Same. Yeah. Okay. So, like to me, bro, like when when I grew up, you know, I I remember doing the pledge of allegiance in the school. Um, being told that you could be anything you want here. And that's what made this country special. Bro, those things were like legitimately told to us every single day at school. Um, you didn't get a trophy outside of first, second, or third. And by the way, if you got second or third in my house, you threw that motherfucker in the trash. <laughs> you know, like you for real. Yeah, you don't yeah. bring that shit in here. And like we live in this society now that's so yeah. misinformed and so soft and has been void of any real hardship compared to the rest of the world. Like, dude, I'm sorry. And this is the truth and it's going to hurt some feelings. But if I'm the fucking dictator of another country, I'm salivating at America right now. Mm. Like salivate. Like if I'm Z, Z Xiping, I'm like, it's coming. Yeah. And, and like, dude, you guys out here who are, you know, up fantasy football's ass. And like, you know, you think that what I say on here is extreme and, you know, you're not with what's going on or you haven't, you know, you know that like the sexual indoctrination of kids is wrong, but you haven't done anything. You, you guys are allowing this to happen. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, that's just the truth. Everybody has to do their part and your part might be different than my part. It might not be starting a podcast and giving a platform to people like Mike to come on and tell his story. Or uh, maybe you're not an entrepreneur to prepare uh, people for life and build a company and give them career. Maybe. But dude, at the very least, you have to take an interest in your own personal excellence and your own development and your own example that you're setting because dude, this shit is really fucking important. Like it's really, really important because dude, your kids will not have what you've had. And the truth is a lot of you guys listening have squandered your fucking freedom. That's the truth. I hate to say this and I don't, don't try to make anybody feel bad, but you have. And you still have an opportunity to fix it. You have an opportunity to redeem yourself by just living at a higher standard and setting a better example for the people in your community, working together to bring people up, you know, being what America is supposed to stand for. And if that's extremist, then I'm a fucking extremist. I wear that title proud. But the thing is, is like, dude, you got, I feel like the country's waiting for someone to come along. Like they see like, you know, they see Trump and like half these people are just waiting for Trump to come back and save the day. Motherfucker, that might not happen. I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm them, I'm not allowing that to happen. Like you have to understand this is war tactics inside <laughs> our political system yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, dude, do you really think that these people don't totally intend on doing whatever the fuck it takes to keep this motherfucker from coming back and then putting them all in jail? Because that's what will happen. The dude just called for the death penalty on Saturday for anybody who did this shit. Do you really think they're going to let him fucking just have his way? It's going to be a fucking war, dude. It's, it's so frustrating, man. I think, I think here's the good thing though. 
right? Because I mean, we use the analogy of you know people being unplugged from reality. I think the only thing that that forces people to you know plug back into reality is when reality smacks them in the fucking face. And, and you I mean think, like when one of these eighty-seven thousand IRS agents comes and tells you that you owe fucking thirty grand that you don't yeah. have, yeah, or, and if or, you don't pay it, if you don't pay it, we're gonna fucking take your shit. Yeah, that or you know you know you get your fucking Tesla stolen in fucking California from from fucking you know the high crime bullshit, or you lose a family member to the violence in our communities right now, right? Like I think people are seeing that because it's so prevalent. That they're they have no other choice but to plug themselves back into. There reality. is a good side in this. Yeah, that, and, and they're like, oh shit, we don't do enough talking about. And the good side is this: you and I were talking about today uh, yeah. during our workout. Uh, DJ's crushing seventy five hard, by the way. I oh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, but you ain't even close to finish. So no, no I fucking, got a long, long way to go. Yeah, I'm just saying you're doing good so far. The point is, um, we were talking today, and you know there are some good things to to note. I think you know, like one of the good things, in my opinion. Um, is this, <laughs> this is going to sound so counterintuitive. I can't believe I'm fucking saying it, but if we are able to come together and get America back on track as a, a free people, I think a lot of this shit that they're propagating right now is going to work in the favor of community. Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, black America has always felt like an outcast in America and, and, and rightfully so, by the way, um, but not because of me and not because right. of people that talk like me or people that act like me or people that shoot fucking guns and love America. No, motherfuckers. It's because of the government that we have. Because of the people that hate America. Yes. And they come in and they've used the black communities as a, as a springboard to get elected over and over and over again. And in doing so, they've completely turned them into like the literal hardest parts to live in of this entire fucking country. Now they've turned it into white supremacy is the fucking problem. And you can't watch a commercial on TV that has a fucking white person in it hardly at all anymore, okay? Like, it's to be, as a white dude, it's pretty fucking obvious. Like, and every, some, some people will say, well, yeah, it's been the other way for so long. Okay, fair argument. Doesn't make it right. If two wrongs don't make it right. That's though. what I'm saying. <laughs> so, but I also believe that by this happening, it's actually given a lot of people a new perspective to what it feels like to maybe be the outcast for a minute. Everybody's so then maybe they'll have a little more mm-hmm. fucking empathy for everybody in America, not just the people that look like them, right? Um, I think that's a good thing. I mm-hmm. think it's a good thing that it's get like, you know, you know, like when you're in one of those situations in life where you almost lose whatever it is, like maybe your job or maybe your, your significant other and you're able to fucking pull it back on track and you're like super thankful for it. Mm-hmm. That could be what happens here. Yeah. But like, dude, you guys have to, we have to get engaged and activated and productive in, in our communities to resisting, well, first of all, understanding what's happening, but also resisting what's happening and saying, no, I'm not with that. Because the only yeah. thing that keeps people from uh, the government from putting people like Mike in jail is you guys saying it's fucking bullshit. That's it. You yeah. guys say, hey, this is fucking wrong. That is it. And if enough pressure is created from that, they cannot make those moves. Mm-hmm. And so it's about being vocal. It's about being courageous. It's about saying some fucking words for people who have literally dedicated their life to protecting what the fuck we've always had here. And I, I don't think that's that much to ask. I really don't. No, no. I think the only, the only scary thing, or the only thing, I won't call it scary. The only thing that you really got to pay attention to and keep in mind is that, you know, they're going to try to make this shit as painful as possible for mm-hmm. us. They're already on it. And I think with, with, with pain, right, comes, comes like an ultimatum that you will accept anything to stop the pain. Well, that's right? the point. And I think that's what we need to be conscious of, right? Like, as, as painful as it's going to get, right, you cannot, their option that they're going to offer is not it. Whatever, how pretty it looks, how fucking cute it looks, it's not listen, the option. listen. If their option was a better option for you, you wouldn't have to create so much uh, disruption to put it in. It would be free market shit. Yeah. They would say, hey, here's our plan. This is what we think it should look like. And everybody would be like, holy shit, that sounds awesome. And we would do it voluntarily. Exactly. That should tell you all you need to know. Like when you force someone into buying whatever it is that you're selling, that's not a real sale. That's, that's tyranny, you know? Um, but anyway, man. Uh, I, like I was saying, I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through this shit, bro. Um, I can't imagine how it feels after, you know, putting that flag on for so fucking long 
to have the same people turn around and like look you in the face and say, oh, you're, you're part of the problem. Like, <clears throat> it's fucked up. Part of, my, part of my theory on why there's so many veteran suicides is not because of the trauma of going over and shooting motherfuckers. It's the fact that they went over and shot motherfuckers and then figured out later that, uh, that those people might not have been the people that they were told that they were. And so they have a feeling about it. Uh, a lot of the veterans who, who, who I know have, have expressed that sentiment to me privately um, that it's not so much the actual what they did. It's the reason they were told why they did it and then figuring out that it wasn't actually that reason. Um, and that's sad as fuck, dude. Like it really, it really bothers me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just had a buddy um, who passed away, Neil Curry from Ready Gunner. Yeah. He's my buddy too, man. Yeah. Good yeah. Guy. I text you about him. Neil is an amazing human being. And I, <laughs> I look at a dude like that and I'm like, why would he take his life? And I don't, I'm not going to speculate here on the podcast, but when you look at a lot of guys from our background, it's true. It's the guys who intentionally, deliberately put themselves in harm's way to be in special operations, period, to be in combat arms, to be at the tip of the spear, whatever, whatever spear you're yielding, that is very much so an expectation that we manage because we volunteered for it. So when guys are like, oh, I'm sorry you went to war, it's like, no, don't fucking apologize to me. I wanted to go to war. I wanted to be in the fight. I wanted to kill bad guys. The problem that we have with a lot of veteran suicides is when you transition from a culture and community and a brotherhood and a place that feels like home, that feels like loyalty, uh, all the value systems that maybe you didn't grow up with in a, in a good household, that's your family. And then when you divorce that family and you get into another household, that civilian life, and it sucks because it, there's a single mom there and, and she's, she's, she's doing everything in her power to get by and there's no community, no feeling of love, then dudes check out. Most dudes that I know who have checked out check out because they feel like they're no longer an asset because we're taught selflessly to serve and be an asset. You're either a liability or an asset. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're the liability, um, you need to cut the liability, even if that means taking yourself out. Mm. When, when people listen to this, because I know a, a lot of the things that we talk about drive behavior and it's like, well, what the fuck do I do? Do I, you know, do I make a t-shirt? Do I fucking run for um, some kind of local legislation? The first thing that you have in your control is your family unit. The breakdown of all this systemically starts at the breakdown of the family unit. And I'm not saying like a man and a woman, even though that's what I mean. What I mean is it could be a, a, a single dad or a single mom with her shit together, bringing in friends and community, that whole sum of five idea where the five people closest to you, you are the sum of that. So if you have five shitheads around you, you're a shithead. But if you have five strong human beings that are of more character, they're good fucking people, you're going to be that. And that transcends across generations, but it transcends across your kids, uh, your kids' kids, your neighbors, et cetera. We live in a time and place now where because our virtual reality on this fucking phone is more important than our actual reality in front of our faces, we don't know our neighbor. You see your neighbor and you scowl at him because you're like, who the fuck is that? It's like, that's our neighbor, honey. They've been living there for fucking 20 years. You oh, shit. Said one word. Yeah. Like, oh, my bad. Yeah, my bad. Like, yeah. who do you know in your apartment complex left and right and above you? I know because I lived in a lot of apartment complexes in the military. I knew nobody because I didn't want to fucking know them because I didn't trust any of them. I trusted my teammates. I trusted my brothers in arms. And then all of a sudden, people now, my, my, my famous uh, quote from my, my ex-girlfriend, who's not famous. She's insta-famous. <laughs> she said, I got 4,000 friends. And I'm like, you got 4,000 fucking followers. You don't have 4,000. What the fuck are you talking about? I have 4,000 friends. These people will be here for me. I'm like, no, they won't. Oh, get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. Like, if mm. you think that if two in the morning, you're in a fucking vehicle accident, th those people are going to come to your rescue. They're not. not those aren't your friends. Not only that, those are the people that are just waiting for the shit to happen so that they can talk about it. They're, they're wait they I'm not saying they wish bad, but like, People are so desensitized to things happening that it's just entertainment value for them. That's it. Yeah, it's reduced your tragedies, your hardships. This is why I get a kick out of people who like make their whole brand victim. Like I'm a fucking victim. I'm suffering. I'm I'm having this and that and this. And there's always something going on. And there's always this and there's always that. Like 
I hope you understand that the people liking and sharing your shit and like talking about it, they're not inspired to get better. They're actually probably like, fuck this, this, this bitch is fucked up. Like, and they share it because it's like absurd. Yeah. It makes them feel good. Yeah. Right. Like that, you know, that's been a lesson that's been, I think that's been a lesson that I've learned in in the last year or so. Uh, most of the people in your life are not going to be there. They're just not. No, uh, yeah. I was I was at the funeral at Neil's funeral, and me and uh, Lucas O'Hare of um, Grizzly Forge, who's a knife forger for Black Rifle Coffee, good good buddy of ours. We were talking, and he said Bert Soren gave him some uh, some advice once. Bert Soren owns Sornex and Sornex Outdoors. Awesome dude, great fucking yeah, dude. Awesome right? dude. One of my favorite people on the planet. Bert told him, and he goes, he goes, look at it this way. At your funeral, you got three rows. You got the front row, which are people who love you. You have the second row who are there to support the front row. And then you have the third row and back who are all on their fucking cell phone. What you do today, do for the front row. Because mm-hmm. that's all that fucking matters. Mm-hmm. And it's made me, look, a lot, of the, a lot of the social, even economic issues that we are in today as a society, whether it's crime, drugs, suicide, mental health, active shooters is because of how charged and weaponized we are by social media, Mm -hmm. by the algorithm. Spend time with your fucking family, put down your fucking phone. And and I know all the benefits because I've I've built a multi-million dollar business on a fucking cell phone. I know the benefits, but most people are dumb. They don't know what it's doing to them. Just like you would advocate for people to get off drugs, but that's easy to say, harder there, to do. There's a whole book about this, bro. Yeah. The Chaos Machine. Yeah. You got to read it. I don't know if you read it. I yet. have, yeah. It's a great Fuck, book. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, you got, if you guys read that book, you will have a complete different perspective on how nefarious this is actually strategically designed to, you know, like when we were kids, they say, don't sit too close to the TV. Yeah. What do they say it would do? It'll rot your fucking brain. Bro, not only will this shit rot your brain, it'll ruin your life. It'll, it'll make you think that, just like we're talking, certain people are your friends. It'll make you behave in certain ways. And by the way, they are conscious of this, and they are intentionally propagating it upon you. If you read that book, dude, you're going to look at social media in a completely different light. I can promise you that. Yeah, and the government is using it to target you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so, a tool, bro. Like, it's a weapon. In the last 30 days, which has been the fucking craziest 30 days of my life, just, I just came off this whole deal with Neil and all this shit. I went from being by the left called a domestic terrorist, a white uh, right wing extremist, a white supremacist. Are you even fucking right wing? I- I'm not. Are right you wing. just like a pro freedom dude? I'm fucking a lip. I-, I would consider myself a libertarian, but I'm conservative. Yeah. I like Ronald Reagan. That's how me too. Let me that's like how, that's what I, I am. Too. The right is calling me a fucking bootlicker because they're like, "Well, Mike, you talk about the FBI. You work for the government. You must be a bootlicker." And I'm like. Where the fuck do I belong in this world? And what I've realized is because the the right hates me, the far right hates me, the far left hates me, is I'm right where I need to be, in the fucking middle. Yeah, I'm a fucking moderate who wants to wake up and exercise the freedom that I feel like I earned with my brothers and live a long and healthy life, tending chickens, fucking raising goats, hunting, and, and raising my beautiful children in a successful, thriving business. But I can't do that because big government's worried about label me a domestic terrorist. I can't do that because everybody in social, whether you're fringe right or fringe left, is attacking me. And I'm like, dude, I don't want nothing to do with this shit. Nah, I want an alternate path. And I, I, maybe I, you know no, what that is. No, I, I think, you know, I was having this thought last night. It's funny that you bring this up because I've been doing a lot of reflecting. This last eight weeks has been really hard on me too. Um, I, I had to, to basically, uh, I didn't have to. But I decided that I was going to uh, remove myself from Big Pharma completely. I had been on Lexapro for 10 years and I started to wean myself off and I had to go through the fucking withdrawals, which have been literally. What's Lexapro? What's that? It's an antidepressant. Oh, no so, shit. Yeah. So back in like 2012, I had like a legit nervous breakdown. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got put on this. Or I, I was longer than that. It was fucking. No, it was 2011, 12. Um, they put me on this shit and, uh, and, and dude, it did help. It helped. But, uh, I started realizing over time, especially the last couple of years, how, how bad some of these things are that are being pushed down 
through big pharma and these things. And I saw the study come out that said that the, the science that was based, that that drug was based upon, um, basically the chemical imbalance theory is actually a fucking bullshit. Um, and I'm like, well, fuck, what am I taking it for? I'm going to get the fuck off of it, which has been for someone literally guys, like I fucking have the world's most popular mental toughness fucking program. I'm decently strong mentally. Okay. Uh, without saying bragging, I think I'm pretty fucking strong. And bro, it's been one of the hardest motherfucking things. And then, by the way, during that time, all kinds of bad shit has happened on top of it. So it was an ultimate test. But I think, you know, one of the things that is important for us to all, all understand um, is that these kids, bro, like these, these 20-year-olds, they don't know what it's like without that phone. Like, remember, the best parts of my fucking life have all been lived without that fucking cell phone. 100%. This man's 26 years old. He doesn't really know what it's like before the phone. You might a little bit. Yeah, a little you bit. You didn't live in as an adult without it. No. Okay? I did. He did too. And bro, you know what? Life was, so did Joe. Joe's back there shaking his head. Life was, and it's scary to me because it may never go back to that because people think and they don't, it's like, if we lose freedom, how do you explain freedom to someone 50 years from now? Mm. Right? You can do the thing. No, you know? bro. Yeah, like, but yeah. you, you guys out there who are yeah. who are a little younger, maybe a previous generation than what what Mike and I and Joe are. You guys don't know. Like, you don't know what it's like to have true, like, like peace in your life and to have real friends in real life who you have to like get in your car and go talk to. And I'm not talking about Stone Age no cell phone. I'm just talking about the social media aspect and the constant connectivity. And when you look at when you read that book and then you think about that, bro, to me, that's scary as fuck. Like, yeah. because some of you guys, unless you're able to detach from this, this crutch or this fake reality, which by the way, I've handed my Instagram off to my guys. Like, I don't even fuck with it anymore. The, because dude, I want to do this. You know, I want to have conversations in real life. I want to go out and live my life. Um, and and uh, I've only been doing it for like two weeks. I feel fucking amazing. And two weeks ago, I'm ready to fucking pop myself, bro, because of all the shit going on. You know Same. what I'm saying? And like, you guys have no idea what the shit is doing to you. Like it is, and by the way, I'm also someone who's been very successful because of social media. I would give away all that success for people to experience what the fuck I'm talking about. Because dude, it's a better America. It's a better life. And it'd be better for everyone. And yeah. it's just, you know, in my opinion, I don't think that, like, dude, I know this is an extreme fucking thing to say, um, but I actually think the shit should be banned. I, th I don't think there should be a social media. I think so, all social media should be viewed as a tool of the state because that's what it is. They, co they corroborate with the government. They create fake bots to push social trends that they want to push. They wouldn't have been able to push this idea of drag queen story hour um, without this fucking fake social media bullshit that they put out. Dude, Disney has a whole fucking bot farm. You guys don't get this. Like, you don't get it. Disney has a whole entire marketing fucking bot farm that whenever they announce shit or put shit out, they throw these bots on the traffic of people that they pay to support it. So, like, let's say Disney comes out with a new movie and they want you, Mike, to, to support it. They'll say, hey, we'll give you $10,000 for a post. And then on that post... They then take their fucking traffic and throw it onto your fucking thing to make it seem like it went mega viral, right? That's how they push the social narratives. And without social media, they wouldn't be able to do that because everyone would say, wait a minute, why the fuck are we allowing five-year-old children to go to essentially a strip club with men dressed up as women? Twerking on their face. It doesn't, it doesn't work without social media. And, and in my opinion, uh, you know, if you read this book, they'll talk in there. These people in, in public, they, they pretend like what they're doing is connecting people. Like when you ask the board of directors at Facebook what their mission is, their mission is connect people, make life better. If you look at the commercial of um, the, the latest meta commercial, I think I mentioned it on the show, uh, it's, a, it's a cycling commercial where they show the cyclists of Uganda and they say, well, nobody from Uganda has ever been a motherfucker. There's a Jamaican bobsled team, bro. There's a will. There's a way you could do it. The world is to that point. And they're acting as if 
this new universe that they've created in metaverse somehow brings you real significance in real life. And not only does it bring you real significance in real life, it's actually more significant than your real life. And they have intentionally, intentionally led us down this path um, through very nefarious, and bro, you have to read the book, very nefarious strategic decisions that they refuse to talk about in public. So like when you corner them, and the book, will, uh, the book explains this very beautifully, when you, uh, basically the premise of the book is this dude went to, the, to Facebook headquarters with a bunch of documents that showed that what they were doing was fucked up. And basically their response was, well, you know, that's not really what we do. What we do is this and this and this, and that's just a byproduct of our better mission. But what they do is they show throughout the book is that, no, actually their mission is to fucking mentally control you in every way possible and sell you the idea of freedom through this technology. And guys, like I, I'm telling you, I'm making the personal decision to distance myself from it personally. Um, I'm getting a new cell phone. There's going to be like 10 people to have the fucking number. And if you don't have it, it's okay, man. It's nothing personal. I don't, I, I, but like, dude, I'm living my life, you know? And, and, uh, I think that's where society is going to go. I think there's going to be a massive part of society that is going to disconnect from this technology. Uh, you know, I can see it in my retail store data. Our retail stores are doing better now than they've ever done ever. And it's because of the push towards this automation, non-human connection people are actually craving more and more and more face-to-face conversations. And so people that say, oh, don't go into retail, it's fucking dead. That's not true at all. They just don't want you going to retail because they want your business online. Retail is a conduit to community. That's right. It's a fire base with access and placement to community. And one of the things, like I was with uh, at the same funeral, talking to another buddy who lost his legs in combat, Clint Trial. And he said, and he's, he's our age, he said, me and you are the last generation to the old world. We're the connection to the old world. And when we die, if we don't have the right position in place for the next generation, for our children, then that dies. Babies will be born into a fucking technology, like a technological piece of equipment. They'll be handed a fucking iPad when they're fucking coming out of, coming out of the womb. And that's scary because I've realized and in, in even conversing with people around me who don't understand what you're, you and I are saying, they don't understand it because they never experienced it. They, they never experienced how, how do you, it. How do you explain a color to a blind person? It's insane. Like I, I've actually been criticized before for shaking a dude's hand too intently and looking in his eyes. And he said to, a, he, he said to another dude, he goes, hey, what's up, what's up with Mike? He goes, why? What's up with Mike? He's cool as fuck. Like, what's wrong with him? Like, he's a, he's a good dude. Like, what, what do you mean? He goes, he seems aggressive. Like, well, what do you mean? Like, what did he do? Did he, did he punk you? Did, what happened? He goes, well, he grabbed my hand real firmly and he pulled me in and he like touched me on the shoulder and he like looked me in the eyes like real intimidating. And he's like, what? That's goes, a man's that's what, man. That's what Mike, like Mike does that. <laughs> if, you, if you take, we have this. Dude, we, how fucking soft have we got? 100%. If you take, like we're doing a, a, a resilience rendezvous thing. It's a, a, an annual thing that we do. Um, in, in November in a, a ranch outside of Wyoming. Part of the, and I'll give away one of the things that we do. Part of one of the things that we do is we take two people who don't know each other and we put them in a room and it's quiet and we have them sit on stools staring at each other for 20 minutes. You know what happens when two human beings who've never met each other stare into each other's eyes on purpose? They cry. And I, and the, the psychologist or the, the psychology should ask us like, holy fuck, that's very impactful. What's going on? What is that? It's the loss of human connection. That's right. And it's us finding our path back to each other. And when we look each other in the eye, we recognize it as something that we remembered primarily or ancestrally, but then all of a sudden it makes us emotional because something, us, something in us is broken. And when you start looking into another human being's eyes, it starts repairing itself. Just like when you look at an elk, you just took its life. When you look at an animal that you love, you have this connection and we're missing that. And that's why, like what you're saying about your retail position, I went to Black Rifle Coffee as a, a fire-based activity. Uh, me and Evan were like, let's, do, let's host an event. The, the fire charter is like, you could fit 50 motherfuckers in there before it burns the ground. We put 200 people on a Black Rifle Coffee 
in 12 hours, we had people sign up for charity for Warriors Heart Foundation, helping uh, uh, guys who are fucked up from uh, post-traumatic stress and addiction. Um, we raised, each person paid $25 each to listen to me run my mouth for an hour about survival and preparedness. I, like I'm standing on a stool in a crowd. I could crowd surf because it's so fucking congested. And you could tell that the energy in the room is everybody wanted it. They want to be reconnected. They want a conduit for somebody to bring people together. And that could be you. It could be at your retail. It could be at your church. It could be in your fucking living room bringing your neighbors together. No, 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 bro. It has to be you. It has to be you. And we're not ta- he's not talking to me or I'm not talking to him. We're talking to you guys listening. It has to be you. Because there's not, there's, there's only, there's not enough people there's no, there's no one person that can do this. It has to be a cultural revolution. And the revolution that we're waiting for here in this country is one that starts within ourselves. And it's not a violent one, by the way. It's one of kindness. It's one of, it's one of compassion and empathy. It's one of unity. It's one of helping each other uh, you know, realize that we're all in the same fucking boat. And if we keep drilling holes in the back of the boat because we think that that's what needs to happen, we're all going to fucking sink. And that's something that like we have to all take responsibility for. And to your point, um, I was talking with uh, Ian Smith about this uh, from up in New Jersey. And we were talking about how all the, all the people who feel the way that you and I do, they're all about the same age. They're all about 35 and up. And, and you know, the older people, like the older men are like, fuck, this is crazy. But they're old. You know, my dad's like, holy shit, dude. I'll fucking do whatever I got, but he's 77 years old. This is going to come down to you men and women out there that actually remember what life was before these people got control of our whole thing under the guise of more connection, which has actually been less connection or, um, you know, any of this other bullshit that they're talking about, you know, one or digital currency, you know, electric, like all these things are designed to control. And it's and, and like, dude, these are the richest, most powerful people in the world. And they are trying to take your fucking scraps that they gave you. It's not even enough for them to have what the fuck they have. They want your shit too. They want more. Bro, it's, it's infuriating because I know what it's like to build a business under an oppressive tax code like what we have here in the United States. It's almost fucking impossible. It's almost impossible. That's how hard it is. It, it, it should not be that hard. It should not be as hard as it is. It, the people in that age bracket got to step the fuck up. And you got to start having conversations with your, 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 your teenagers, uh, your 20-somethings, everybody around you about like the reality of what has been happening. You know, and we've all softly accepted it because it's been inched in over and over and over and over again over the course of the last 20 years. Oh, they're removing the Pledge of Allegiance from school? That's kind of weird, man. It doesn't make sense. Oh, I guess it's offensive to Muslims. Uh, okay. okay. Cool. I, it makes, I, I guess I could see that. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a big deal. Um, oh, they're giving out trophies. They're not keeping score at the games. That's some weak shit, but whatever, right? And our mistake was whatever. Like our mistake was, oh, that's weird. And not stand, because dude, the truth is I didn't fucking see it back then. I just thought it was some, I don't know, like, progress that they, you know, I didn't never made sense to me ever. Uh, it doesn't make sense with nature. It doesn't align with nature. You know, natural order is a real thing, dude. Like, well, that's what we're getting back to. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we do got CTI. All right. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, does a no, headshot, case closed, closed.